Welcome back. Welcome back. JB. And I wonder how long I could actually hold. I want, that's like, it's like the most annoying sound in the world. You ever hear that? And I wonder how many people would not want to listen to that for a long time. I don't want to listen to it. It's also like watching Christian Walker try to bat. So dude, that dude's terrible. If you don't know who that is, he plays uh first base for the diamondbacks. Yeah. yeah won the gold glove last year, booted a ball Gets picked off second. Runs the sign. Overruns at home plate. Dude, that was fam that got picked off on second. But, yeah, he just had a bad series. Bad series. I was talking to my friends, and I'm like, and this is why you spend $100 for Harper or Judge or uh, who's the guy in uh, Dodgers have, um, Mookie. Yeah, I'm like, you need that clutch hitter that says, put it on my back. Corey Seager, um, dude. See, well, they had Seager, and before that, Garcia. Yeah, well, Garcia um, did. So they, they dude, I'm really telling you what, too. Garcia, so we're talking about the Texas Rangers. Obviously, we're talking about the World Series. It just got over. We're in Arizona. Diamondbacks lost. Don't really care too much. I'm a Cubs fan. But I'll tell you what, Garcia on the Texas Rangers, who pulled his oblique or back muscle or whatever, that dude is a hoss. Like I, I, I agree. And he was fun to watch, but you're telling me you pull your oblique. You're not still out there trying to play. Listen, have you never heard a shoot me up? Johnny? Like, come on. We were talking world series. That's what I'm talking about. And we, my son and I were having this conversation today because we were talking about basketball players because two of the Phoenix sun superstars are hurt. One with a toe injury and one with a back injury. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys got the best training, the best physicians, the best nutri- nutrition, the best doctors, and you're out with a toe injury? Suck it up, buttercup. Man, get, you know, here's what I realized. And I was telling my son this. I think it's a lot of these pro athletes, and I'm not judging. I'm just calling it like it is, right? I played college sports. I understand what it's like to uh, be an athletic supporter or, i.e., a jock strap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but here's what I don't understand. Here's what my thought was regarding all that. These guys are prima donnas, bro. They're not hard workers. People say, oh, it took so much hard work to get to the pros or to be a professional athlete. No, it doesn't. And here's why it doesn't. It's your full-time job, dude. You got nutritionists. You got trainers. You got all this equipment. You got blah, 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 blah. Yes, you have talent, too. I agree. But you don't know what it's like to, like the old guy outside who's having to lug stuff up a ladder every day in construction whose back is jacked because the dude's got to earn a freaking paycheck. Now yeah, that go be an EMT. Now that dude's a hoss, bro. And and so he's not complaining. He's not a prima donna. The dude gets up and does his job. So here's to all of you guys out there who are busting your A every day doing a job. And then he's got these guys who my toe hurts so I can't play for the millions of dollars that I'm getting paid. Man, shove that to them. Screw those guys. I'm done with them. I hear, this is like real men of genius, <laughs> right? So... I, I, I was telling my son, I'm like, those guys aren't, they don't know what it's like to work hard. You get any construction worker, dude, you, a drywaller or a landscaper, those suckers know what it's like to freaking work, whether you're hurt, sick, or whatnot. Because at the end of the day, they got to put food on the table. They know what it's like. Well, 
and there's not kids coming from the streets of Detroit and Chicago anymore like there used to be. Oh, no, they're I, like I they're like all these cathedral academies they're coming from now. Yeah, and you had a daddy or an uncle or an investor that put millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars into the coaching. I mean, quarterbacks today, if you're going to go to the Elite 11, which is the creme de la creme of quarterbacks for high school, you have a you have a coach that's put you on the radar like trade trade what is it Trey Dilfer 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 yeah Trent Remember Dilfer Tampa Bay Trent Dilfer yeah. he like runs one of the best um quarterback academies and like three Michigan quarterbacks in a row were coached by him um but yeah there's such an investment I I remember we had this one quarterback out of Virginia. His daddy didn't just fly him to California to train, but also said, which receivers do you want me to fly in from around the country? Because daddy Bro, that old that, like that. Dude, so. that's, that's, that's the problem with what we got right now. We need some hosses out there. We need some hardworking guys who know what it's like to get up when you're bruised, get up when you're sore. You got a pulled back muscle, but you're still lugging the ladder, bro. Those are the guys. To me, those are the athletes, man. That's it. I'm done. You don't want to get me started on this. I'm so sick of athletic celebrity culture. They care more about their what they're wearing than they do about how hard they're working. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Segway complete. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a segue. Look at that, dude. You got me fired up for nothing now. <laughs> yeah, we could skip over the icebreaker. We already did our three minutes of of rants um but yeah i wanted to go in uh to hey hold on go ahead player come on man joe biden come Come on on, man man. (laughs) that's what he's saying to the speaker of house about his ukraine funding right now go ahead come on man (laughs) exactly (laughs) i love sound bites all right so anyway um i've been last week we talked about truth right and and why don't you summarize last week because it was so good well, you know, I, I had another, we just talked about uh, how we distort the truth, right? And when we distort the, when we, when we distort God's design, destruction and distance, distance and destruction occurs. When we distort God's design, distance and destruction occurs in our relationship with God and others. So that was the gist of what we talked about. And we're yeah, good at distorting so- God's design by, by covering up the truth. Suppressing right. the truth. And so we talked about real truth and being truth to yourself, being truth before God, being truth before other men, because it's not good for man to be alone. Um, and so that, I know that's just resonated. We had a guy that texted us, shout out to David, um, that's just like, that hit me and, and it just moved me. Um, well, this week I've had a verse that I've just been kind of rolling with um, every day that has just kind of come up over and over again. And it's out of 1 Peter 4, 1. And it says, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind and so this this phrase arm yourself yeah what does that mean we talked about truth arm yourself so it's cool i i live in a neighborhood and like everybody's a pilot here and so when i think of arm yourself i i think of what are those things that you can do that that you just you have been programmed for it and so i actually researched pilots this week you'll you'll love this Top gun, no dude. Da, na, 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 na. 
Jim Harbaugh went for as Maverick for for Halloween. Dude, you don't want to get me started because I don't even like Tom Cruise. I'd punch <laughs> him in the face. You know that. He's got three front teeth. I know, I know. So anyway, so pilots, listen to this, though. So first, before you can even become a pilot, you need two years of flying, 1,500 hours in the air. That's a lot of hours. Okay. Then every year. Are we talking, wait, 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 wait. I want to know, are we talking like military pilots or commercial pilots or just a pilot in uh, general? Military pilots, I think they just give you an F-16 they don't crash. But yeah, yeah, because it's government money, so we, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah, no, we're talking commercials. All right, all right. So then every year they have to pass a medical assessment ensuring they're fit for flying. Get this, Joe Biden. If you're over 60, you have to do it every six months. I'm just saying that might be a Come good on, policy. Let's, let's, okay, I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> So then you have to go through an annual line check um, where you have somebody sit with you as, as you fly and make sure you're doing all everything to the letter. You're checking everything, all the rules, the regs, the, the code that that airline has, everything is so annually. And then I love this two times a year, you take a couple days and you go do flight simulators where you practice every emergency that could possibly come up. That was like and that guy. So who landed on the Hudson, dude. That's why he was so good at it, right? Okay, don't don't jump my story. Oh, sorry. Dang. So so you do that, then you complete your technical tests on each aircraft that you fly. So you have to be specified for for each aircraft, and then they complete crew resource management training every year, where you learn how to handle your your crew in an emergency to make sure that you manage. And that was when they looked at crashes um, from the seventies and eighties. That was a big lesson learned: is nobody could give feedback to the pilot. There was such a separation. Right. Mm. The, the pilot was all by himself. He had his his co-pilot, but nobody felt like they could speak truth to power. And so now they teach them to receive truth and then how to handle. Then you go through aviation security training. Um, I know they're talking about do pilots have guns or not because of what happened on that Delta flight. But we'll, we won't go there. Then you go through winter operation courses then dangerous goods examination and if you fail any of those elements you're off bro that's a lot of stuff so so let's compare that to me when i fly okay so they're armed that that is what i would consider arming yourself they are prepared for anything that can come up me when i fly the the, the normal person so i don't fly as much as i used to um but i still have a technique to this i people get pen and paper out because there there's some good travel tips here so i have all my work stuff packed the night before throw my stuff in the bag i leave 90 minutes prior to my flight from my house i always uber i assume 60 minutes for uber 30 minutes to get to the gate um if i get only 40 if it only takes 45 minutes for the uber and i only travel at certain times so i know the traffic patterns from those times so if i get there early jason gets breakfast if he doesn't get there early jb goes without um so i walk briskly i do my fast pass through security I board, I get there, and here's tip number one. It doesn't matter what number pass you have. They really don't look after two. 
So you're flying American Airlines. You have a number four. Go up at the end of two so you always get your carry-on on the flight. They never look. I've not done it twice. I've done it like a hundred times, never had them sit me back down. I've, I have seen other people have that happen. So maybe smile at her when you, when you get on. So you, then I take the flight, I get off the plane. I can average slightly faster. I, I walk pretty briskly on the way and I can be in my rental car within 10 minutes. If I'm coming into Anaheim, I love that airport. Um, if I'm going into North Carolina, I actually have a driver that now I'm friends with. So he charges me like it's a taxi, but I get black, uh, black car service. Um, and so I go through all of this stuff. And so that's my preparation. That's how I'm armed to get to North Carolina and go about my business. Two things I got to say. Number one is I cannot believe how anal retentive you are. <laughs> that's the first but thing. That's a plan. That's a it, it's that, a plan, that's, dude. That's, it's a well thought out plan. I, I got a question. Just honed over years. It is honed, man. That that means like you're a prof- almost a professional plane rider, but you're not a plane flyer because you're not trained and armed in the way a plane flyer would be. I do try to sit on the exit row, though. Yeah, I was going to ask a question. I was going to ask I, I, if you're giving if you're giving traveler tips, um, exit or aisle. Or window or oh, aisle? Yeah, always aisle. Oh, me too, I'm dude. S- I'm six five. There's not and there's nothing I want to see. I got I I so I'll tell you something really fast. I have a Centurion pass or priority pass, so I do mm-hmm. get breakfast. I get there early so I can actually go and get breakfast at the airport because the free meal that I'm actually paying for through my credit card crap. So I'm like, I'm taking advantage of this. Matter of fact, it's an open bar, but I don't drink early in the morning, so that doesn't really help me out. Um, <laughs> That's why you're taking an 8 a.m. flight. That, yeah, I got a good. Matter of fact, you say all this. Afternoon. You say all this because I, I'm getting on a flight tomorrow, which is actually really funny. I, I have another question for you before I actually have why. Why are you telling me all this? Do you ever take the walkways, the speedy walkways? I do. I do if they're not packed because I can pass people just with my brisk walk. Again, I'm pretty tall, so those legs will do the walk-in. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll use them if it's light traffic. So, you know what I didn't notice, though? I don't notice People anything. better get over to the right. Yeah, they never do, dude. It's like driving. They stay in the left lane, too. Yeah, there's it, nothing Freaking better people. than the, somebody with a kid just standing there lollygagging. I'm like, we've got businesses to run. So, you didn't say anything about what happens if the plane crashes, though? Yeah, no, I, I don't have a clue. Yeah, not a not a clue. I don't even listen. It, I sometimes take one of my headphones out so I appear. Yeah, do you listen to emergency conscious. instructions? What if you're in the emergency role and you're supposed to help people out? Do you listen or do you not? I figure no, and never listen. But they do come to you and say, "Are you equipped? Are are you? Can you can you handle yourself?" And I always say yes because if you nod, they'll they'll boot you. So you always say yes. So I'm just, I just sit there going, yes, yes, yeah. And finally it's my turn and they go, okay, that yes counts. Well, I I don't know that I ever want to fly with you because I'm a little intimidated by your <laughs> protocols here, to be honest. Oh, and I, seriously, I had an employee once show up at the airport and it wasn't a carry-on. Oh, brutal. I about lost my marbles. I'm like, we're going for two days, and you're checking a bag. 
I'm like, yeah, you better make different travel plans. When we get to the airport, we're, we're obviously taking different cars because I'm setting up a meeting 45 minutes after my plane leaves or my plane lands. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. I, I always try so, to take care of But let me ask you this question. So I see your plan and everything. I see what you, you have experience. You have a plan. You have a protocol of what you do. But the thing I don't see is if there's a problem, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so that's what I loved about this scripture. And, and I think it's the point for men today. Are you armed? And so I was going to go exactly to flight 1549. That was a huge thing for my company because it was literally from North Carolina to, to New York. Is that um, that that's f- a frequent who, pattern. Is that the dude that landed in the, the river? Yeah. Sully in the hoop. Hudson. And so, and so this was amazing as I researched that. So he had two birds take out an engine. They, they strike the engine and the plane's going down. This was his quote. He said, when we struck the birds and the engines were damaged, I knew in that moment that it was going to be a life changing event, that this was going to be unlike any experience I had even trained for. I knew it was going to be the hardest day of my life, the biggest problem I would ever have to solve. But I was armed with 42 years of flying by this time. It started in 1969, so I felt prepared. And I just, I look at that story, and I'm just, I'm in awe of it, right? Here's somebody that every year has done that checklist, right? Mm. Every year they added some emergency protocols. And so he figured it out from empty and fuel tanks so that they had buoyancy so because if you remember the plane just yeah. sits there on the Hudson well that's because the fuel tanks were empty enough that it created the buoyancy so they could get everybody out from managing the crew to to the first boat show up and and he gets them there organized like he had every piece of it and he says I don't consider myself a hero I was just prepared I had been trained for this and and I look at the scripture first Peter 4 1 it says since Christ suffered for us we are to arm ourselves with the same mind Uh, another version says the same attitude and and i i look at the the day i was laid off um years and years ago and i remember coming home and having that conversation with annie and feeling so unequipped Mm. for what was going to come next Mm. just unequipped in insufficient, right? I had been canceled by a company told your services are no longer needed. I, lo- I love Goodwill, honey. I'll get in trouble for this one. We're, we're downsizing the number of retail we have working you for us. You can't say right? that. Right. Oh no. Scratch that out. Let's let's, yeah. but I, I love it. Cause right. That that's what I felt. That's what I took home. I didn't feel like I was armed for that situation. Right. I remember I remember a night where I got a call that my daughter was in emergency Mm. and and, you know, in that situation, when it's somebody else, you know what, you just run towards the fire. Right. You you had that with your daughter. Mm. Were you equipped to pull somebody out of a firing car? No. Could, could you, were you equipped? Did you, did you have the right tools to yank a door off? No, but you were going to get your daughter out of that car before more damage happened. Well, you know, I, I think about this idea of arming yourselves and, and the truth of the matter is 
as men, we are reactors to problems. We're not preparers for problems. And I think that leaks into our spiritual life, right? So when the crap hits the fan, we now are having to react to God by saying, God, what are you, what are you doing? How are you going to do this? How are you going to get me out of this? Instead of having our faith built upon a period of time, which says, I, I, I don't waver in this, in this problem. This problem doesn't change my purpose or my position. This problem or now, my perspective, or right? my perspective, right? That and, God's still in control. And I don't think as men, we, we, we actually follow this scripture in terms of arming ourselves. That means to prepare yourself ahead of time, knowing that trouble is going to come, knowing that there's an adversary, knowing that there's opposition, knowing that you're not going to have the ideal day every day of your life. And this whole thing called uh, the Christian life is a, is an easy street, right? You are going to have opposition. So to arm yourself actually means that you have to prepare ahead of time, like what you just said, for the trials that you are going to experience. My problem is, and I, I think most guys is, we react to problems because we have not responded by arming ourselves pre to the thing. How many guys? How many? How many guys have you known in your life whose faith has fallen to the wayside when a problem has occurred? Like, oh yeah, now you're questioning God, right? Yeah, like where where are you, God? I you know I uh, but. Anyways, why didn't you do this? Right. I, I had a specific outcome plan and he didn't meet that. We had a new Christian at our church that went for eye surgery and lost his sight in that eye. Um, and so it went from had astigmatism to literally blind in one eye. And he, he's still never has come back to the church because he has such an offense with God, because why didn't this work the way it's supposed to? And, and I look at that situation and I go, we've got to teach men to arm themselves. I like how you said it, to prepare themselves for these moments for our family, for these moments when a crisis hits, for these moments where, where the, the plan goes out the door, right? I, I don't think Sully had planned for a, for a river crash right but he had done enough things um when i read uh mayor giuliani's book before he went crazy um <laughs> he talked about we had never drilled for 9 11 but we had done enough drills for smaller things that we could put them together and come up with a plan that could meet the crisis of the day and so i i came up with three things that i wanted to talk about that i think arm ourselves as men prepare us as men why jesus could suffer on the cross he could suffer um you remember he's in the garden and he says god can you take this cup for me father will you take this cup for me he goes but no god your will not mine mm. and i just look at crisis and i'm very <laughs> there there's not a lot of times where i go through things and i don't go why me god versus god what can you teach me you said you'll use everything to my good what can you teach me in this and so i came up with three things first thing a positive attitude. Be positive. Attitude is everything Dude, in these crises. Get this. This is crazy. A little aside. I went and got my blood tested, and guess what my blood type is? O negative. Be positive. <laughs> that's a true statement, though. That, that That's why I live my life that way. That did not lend anything to the conversation. Oh, I know, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> Anyways. No, I, I, so be positive. Yeah. So, so talk about what that looks like in your life. Cause I'm not a positive person, but I think of you as positive. Well, I, it, it depends on who you ask. I think it depends on the circumstances. <laughs> um, I do think 
you know, if I trust the scripture, right, Christ works all, all things to the, for, for those who follow him, right? And if I do believe that, I've prepared myself in the knowledge of that. Uh, I've prepared myself through watching. Here's one of the things I think what we don't do in preparation, but I think it leads to a positive attitude, is I don't ever, in the midst of a struggle or a problem or an opposition, I don't ever look back and say, yeah, God has done this to prepare me for this. I just figure out where where's God in this. I, I I question where's God in this problem, and so a lot of positive attitude is looking back and saying, you know, I've had these issues before. I've had a problem similar to this. I've had this situation. Blah 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 blah. Whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Here is how God has already responded. Here is how how He's prepared me for this. I don't have to worry. I can be positive in this situation. And I think having the attitude of Christ is a different story, right? Um, I mean, I, you know, I had some crap happen this week with, with my, my daughter and I'm like, man, I've been here before we got through this and, um, and God, you taught me one thing major about this is one to be gracious and patient. So instead of having the crisis dictate, here's what I, I would say. A lot of times we, as men, the crisis dictate our attitudes versus our attitude mm, dictating what good. happens to us in the, in the crisis. Yeah, that's wisdom. And and I can't tell you how many times, I mean, guys who struggle financially, how many times does that change your whole disposition? Yeah. Right? You're arguing with your wife. How many times does that just change your whole disposition? And so the crisis of, controls you versus you controlling the crisis. Being prepared gives you the opportunity to control the crisis. Yeah. Arming yourself no. gives you the opportunity to control the crisis versus the crisis controlling you. Yeah, no, going in with that, 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 that's such good wisdom. So be positive. Number two, be prepared, mm. right? We, t we talk about Malcolm Gladwell brought his book, um, talked about having that 10,000 hours. Are you an expert at something, right? Being prepared for that. And, and for me, one of my favorite verses, um, and I learned this as a young pastor, um, cause I used to have trouble with my attitude on Mondays, right? People didn't show up that I had been inviting. My mm. sermon didn't go like I wanted, like I would just crash on Mondays. And, and I love that verse where the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, we tried to cast this demon out and it didn't work. And Jesus goes, Oh, that one. Yeah, no, you need to be prepared for that one. You need to fast. Yeah. Right. There's something that you had to do before so that you were ready for that moment. And, and so I, I became, uh, I, I established a lifestyle of fasting. Mm. So for over a year, every Monday from Saturday night to Monday night, I would fast because I knew my attitude needed to be on God and not on my needs, right? I was in my head. And so I needed to overcome that. I established a, a habit of fasting long periods of time at the beginning of the year, right? I wanted to be prepared spiritually. I wanted to take time, um, quiet times. I can see the difference in my life when I set aside time to spend with God and gain his wisdom and pray his perspective on issues. 
I can just see that it's night and day, the difference when I come into trials at work, when I come into trials at home, I'm a different person when I've prepared my heart, right? Like when things go wrong, but you've been studying about grace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All of a sudden you have grace for that daughter, right? Because, because it's, you're, you're preparing your heart and, and God knows what you need. He'll guide you to what you need to study. Um, and so I just, I've always loved that verse. No, this is one that you had to be ready for before you showed up on Sunday. Well, I think, you know, I, I just got done studying the book of James over the last couple months, right? And the, one of the main verses in James being talking about being prepared, this is crazy. Consider it all, all joy, my friends, when you face trials of many, because the proving of your faith creates perseverance, right? And, and over the last like three months, all I've done is gone through trial after trial after trial after trial. And it, the, the words consider it all joy. Like that's a positive attitude in the midst of the trial, but I wouldn't have been prepared for the trials that I've gone through. And I've had like massive trials after trials over the last three months to the point where I'm exhausted from trials, but I was prepared. Like it didn't affect here. Here's the thing that I think too, when you're not prepared, your purpose then becomes I hate to use alliteration here, but when you're not prepared, when you haven't done the work, your purpose then becomes pushed aside. And I I didn't want to use the alliteration, but I don't have any choice. Um, And so I I think when you are prepared, you know your purpose and the problem doesn't change that. Yeah. And and so I was able to consider it joy going through trials, right? That doesn't mean I was happy, like, hey, hey, yeah, everything's going okay. But it didn't change my purpose and it didn't change my position with God. And a lot of times when we're not prepared, when we haven't armed ourselves with the word of God, armed ourselves through the preparation of being, spending time with God, when the problem arises, we push God to the wayside and say, you don't care. You didn't, you, you don't know what's going on. So. Yeah. No, I, I, I love the last part of Sully's quote where he said, I knew it was going to be the hardest day of my life. It was going to be the biggest problem I would ever have to solve. Mm. Mm. He knew he was going to solve it still. Mm. And, and we talked about this early on in our podcast about men, you were equipped to solve the problems of your family. Mm. Of, of your daughter and son, of your wife, to, to be that person who listens, to be that wisdom. You're equipped. You're specially anointed for the sphere of influence that's around you, right? The other men that run alongside you, you're, you're specially equipped. And so, yep, it's a big problem, but he knew he was going to solve it. And, and I think that deals with attitude, but it deals with being prepared. Um, so be positive, be prepared. The last one that I had as I was really um, meditating on this, be provisioned. What do you mean and, by that? And t- to me, we talk about this all the time. It is not good for man to be alone. And we'll come back to other guys. But first, there is something special that happens when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is activated in your life. I cannot say it enough. There are so many times where I've gone into a situation and all I can do is say, God, if I don't have God wisdom, if I don't have a God plan right now, there is no way I have anything for this situation. And God's come to me with a plan. Mm. 
Mm. Some has come to mind. He has provided provision mm. and it is, it is assage my fears and, and we have overcome it because I had a relationship with God. He was my provision in those times. Listen, that's, dude, that's, that's so important to think through, right? Um, walking in unity with the spirit and, and being provisioned by that with through, through relationships with other people, but also through taking the commitment of time to spend time with God. Right. I mean, think about this, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness with the enemy, he was prepared ahead of time. He was prepared with the word of God in him. He was provisioned with the spirit in him. Right. And he would, he, he battled the enemy who was offering the world because he was prepared ahead of time because he had a relationship with the spirit and with God. And yeah. and he knew it, right? He knew it. He he knew the word of God. He had put his time in. Matter of fact, think about that, dude. When Jesus was in the temple as a little kid, he's teaching the old guys, right? What's going on? Because he it, it wasn't just like he magically knew how to read. He'd been studying and being prepared <laughs> even as a little kid. Yeah. So he yeah, was provisioned the by the spirit. spirit. Yeah, by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah. And then part two of that being provision is having other men around you that bring perspective and remind you of your identity. Mm. Right. It, it is so important when you go through trials, especially stuff you've caused. Right. Like when you get laid off. Right. You feel like you caused that. I, I don't know why I was laid off, but I, I still felt like I was caused it. It was so important to have other men around me that could say, no, you're amazing. You're you, God has a plan out of this and you and you're going to walk through the other side because you're freaking right. Like yeah. you yeah. fight. You don't quit. You don't sit there and sulk. Right. You feel sorry for yourself. You get up and you find a better job. You find people that will appreciate the skills you have. And it's so important. Sometimes our provision is the people God has put in our life to speak words like that over us and remind us whose we are and who we are. Well, and not only that, it, it reminds you, it, I mean, I can't tell how many guys I've had when in my life where I've been in a, a difficult situation who their relationships reminded me of what my attitude needed to be too. Mm. They gave me a perspective that I couldn't see because the problem was too big. Especially in marriage. And this is a, one of the things that I love about having relationships in the church is at work, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a man who speaks about their wife as the answer, right? Mm-hmm. As part of the solution. But yet, how many times have I called you as a Christian man and said, that girl that God gave me, whoa, is she on my last nerve, right? And you go, ah, <laughs> oh, you know what? But there is no doubt in my mind she is the woman God has for you. There is a plan on your life. You guys are going to come out the other side of this, right? You might have to have some tough conversations to get out the other side, but I am going to be praying and lifting that relationship up because I know God has good things right. for you. And he right. put you together as that three strong cord that won't be broken. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> excuse me, I'm dying over here. <clears throat> talking about being prepared. I'm prepared for death right now is what I'm preparing for. I'm almost At least sleep. I'm almost 50, man. Dang, I'm preparing for death. You know, it, it's interesting. So the question I would have as we kind of wrap this up in this idea of arming yourselves 
The difference between arming yourself and not arming yourself is not what other people are responsible for is what you're responsible for. And I think about that when it says arm yourself, it's something that nobody's going to do for me, but me. Mm. And, and to put on the same, also with the same mind of, of Jesus, right? That means I have to, it, it's up to me. No one's going to, no one's going to tell me my attitude has to be positive. No one's going to help me prepare ahead of time by making me force me to be in the word of God, to be prepared for when the trials happen, to do the practice. No one's going to provide for me what God can provide for me. Right? So, I have to do it. And that's part of the problem that I see in a lot of guys is we don't want to prepare. We want to react and respond. We don't want to plan. We don't want to be preppers. Freaking Noah. Think about Noah. Noah was a prepper. (laughs) He was like the first prepper, dude. He was building an ark before the storm came, right? He had a plan. He was prepared and he was provisioned. He was, think about that. He was positive. Everyone's making fun of him. He was positive. He was prepared and he was provisioned. All three things of what you just said. Because he was a prepper. So the question I would have is this, as men, are you a prepper? Are you prepping in your relationship with God for when the trial occurs? Because it, in Scripture it says, not when, if you have, it says when you face trials. Yeah. So you are going to face trials. The question is, are you prepared for those ahead of time? Are you a prepper? Are you a prepper? Dude, Noah was a prepper. First one, dude. I, I love it, man. Love it. Yeah. Let me pray over the guys tonight. Yeah. Father, we just come to you as we close and we ask that you would make us spirit preppers, Lord yeah. God, people that prepare our attitudes, Lord God, people that put in the work to be prepared with the word of God, Lord, is in our core. Father, people that would be provisioned by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and by the men that around us that sit there and believe the good things that you put for us that can call all those out, God, we ask that we would have a supernatural desire to prepare mm. today for the trials of tomorrow. And I love the verse in Romans where it says that I helped you through this trial so that you could now go and help your other fellows. And God, we want to be men that not only conquer our trials, but we stand together during others' trials, Lord, yeah. and say, you're going to come through this. I know it's in you. So make us those men, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I, I got a, I got an easy takeaway, like an opportunity that I just came to me while you were praying. Guys, you want to you wanna know how to, to, to be positive, how to start preparing, and how to be provisioned by the Spirit? Shift one degree. Think about this. One degree shift. What I mean by that is tomorrow... Don't do what you did today and think you're going to be prepared. Shift one thing. It may be simple like this. You may hate going to your job in the morning. Not if you're a hoss, though, and like you like lugging ladders and stuff. No, that's, that's an awesome job. <laughs> um, but you may hate going to your job, right? And, and that might be your place of trial. Shift it tomorrow. Dry, put on put on a, 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 a positive Christian song on your way into work. Shift instead of listening to 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 what you listen to. Instead of filling your mind with something that's gonna put you that's gonna affirm. See, that's the problem, man. I'm sorry. I will we'll, we'll quit this. But a lot of us like to be affirmed in where we're at, not to be challenged to where we need to be. And mm. and so I, I would say shift one degree. Make one degree shift in your in, in what you do. And watch what changes in your preparation. One degree shift in terms of your relationship with God and what you do and watch how your attitude will change and how you'll be prepared. For me, when I'm having a crappy week and I know I'm having a crappy week, I can guarantee you I did not start my day off 
preparing my spirit. I, I let the problem start my day off. So shift, shift. And that's just a simple deal, man. Just shift. So I, I challenge you guys tomorrow morning, man, instead of listening to what you listen to, Pat McAfee or something like that in the morning on your way in, um, just put on a put on a simple song, man, that uh, a Christian, Christian song. And I know a lot of you guys don't like Christian music. Hey, I'm one of those guys also, but I can tell you what, I know when my spirit is different, when I've prepared my spirit and I've, and, and my attitude changes because God provides me with his spirit. So that's it. Hey, I'm done. I'm done soapboxing. Anyways, I just want to say thank you guys so much for joining us. God is moving through this podcast and we ask that you would join in by conversation by looking us up on our website, which is first Adam. That's one S T Adam. Dot com And the reason it is because we can't afford the word first, but firstadam.com or check us out on social media. We're on all platforms and you can share us with your friends because we know it is not good for man to, man be, to be alone. Alone. And with that, all I got to say is, what do you got to say, Joe Biden? Come on, man. Come on, man. Doing two physicals a year. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, JB and Andy, we are. 